So hello everyone and welcome to episode one of the Shiny Side Up podcast hosted by Mick Hazelton and myself, Chris White. This episode was recorded on 24 September 2019 and on this episode you'll be getting an introduction to the hosts, Mick and I. We'll be going through improved production racing results so far in 2019 around Australia. The Mick Talk segment, which on this episode we'll be talking about the pros and cons of maybe merging under two litre and under three litre fields and also the possibility of removing weight limits from late model cars. We'll be going through current cars for sale and talking about some cars that we've spotted recently that are on the market. We'll be talking about some new cars that are in the build and we'll also be reviewing upcoming racing dates in improved production around Australia. Uh, new episodes will be regularly released throughout the racing season but strap in right now for episode one and subscribe in your podcasting app for future episodes, which will include interviews with IP drivers and personalities around the country. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Shiny Side Up podcast, everybody. My name is Chris White, and with me tonight is Mick Hazelton. Mick, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for uh, joining me uh, tonight and hosting. Thank you, Chris. This is great. Can't wait to get into it. Good stuff. So, firstly, maybe uh, for our listeners, Mick, do you want to uh, maybe explain to everybody a, a bit about who we are, how we know each other, and... Uh, what we're doing here. Yeah, sure. So I've been karting for many, many years and um, I was really involved in the new era of restricted 125 racing and that's where I met you to come along and you were learning and we, I think we did some a um, little bit of driver stuff and maybe some engine stuff first and then we really got uh, into some training days and then we became friends as well, which is always good. And then um, we kind of had different paths for a little bit. You left karting before, let's call it the big explosion and downgrade of karting. And then I stuck around for a little bit longer and held out to the dear end of the glory golden era. And then uh, we just met by chance at Wakefield, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I was probably there loading my... Mazda on the trailer as you were still having fun. <laughs> I come along and have a chat. <laughs> yeah, so that was so. So what? Nearly ten years ago, you and I met um, karting, and um, got a lot to thank you for in terms of giving me some tips on how to drive a bit straighter and and a bit better, and um, had some success, I think, thanks to you. Uh, and then yes, I think uh, it was probably five years ago, maybe maybe. Yeah, uh, bumped into each other at Wakefield, uh, followed you around for a little while in your Mazda. Uh, while I was in my Mazda, I was racing Prod Sports MX-5 at the time. And um, uh, then again, uh, time marches on, and uh, I think you convinced me to build a, an IP car a few years ago. So I'm working on that and have spent a bit of time, very little bit of time, racing IP in a Datsun 1200 and um, desperately trying to finish my own project, but uh, committed to the category. Uh, I think I've got enough money in my project now to say that. So, uh, um, yeah. Oh, it's the best and, category, though. It's the best it category. It is, isn't it? It's and, the only uh, category to want to play with cars in Australian motorsport. When it comes agree. to circuit racing, road racing, anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, then, that really brings us to what this podcast is all about. It's about 3J improved production racing in Australia. Uh, our our intention will be to talk about cars and drivers and the racing in our category. Uh, we've got some plans to interview drivers um, and also yeah, some other cool. personalities. I, 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 yeah, you, you told me you got some of the, the big guns and also some of the guys have been around for a while and they want to have a chat. I'm really keen to have a chat with them. That's great. Yeah, me too. And uh, and we'll, we'll get into a little bit about that later uh, when we talk about um, what uh, we have in store for future episodes. Uh, also, we'll talk a little bit about news, results, a bit of gossip and what's happening around the category and um, you know, probably also get into the, some of the controversial stuff around rules and proposals for change, which always gets people uh, interested and I know it gets you interested, Mick, so uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, also, I guess, um, and before we get into uh, the nitty-gritty of it, just uh, to acknowledge the fact that, I mean, you and I both are IP New South Wales members and uh, just a quick shout-out to uh, IPRA New South Wales sponsors, Yokohama, Vantage Automotive. Aussie Hire, Faber Competition Parts, Midas, Auto Craze, and Bilstein Suspension. Uh, Mick, any any particular sponsors or people you want to call out uh, in terms of who support you? Um, uh, mainly, I just want to thank all the Epra New South Wales committee members and the National Committee and everyone that puts in all the effort um, 
sometimes I think we can all be quite judgmental, sometimes hypocritical, and we don't put in the effort, and I know being involved in committees, or go-karting anyway, it takes a lot of your time, and I do appreciate, I'm sure we all do appreciate all the extra effort that they put in from their normal lives to make sure that Ibra is as good as it is. Absolutely. I think it uh, takes shows uh, a lot of character to get involved and be willing to cop the knives in the back sometimes from people who uh, don't really understand all, everything that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd also have to you know, just uh, reiterate that, thanking the volunteers for all the club people around Australia who keep, um, I guess, the category ticking and, and the volunteers who make it so awesome. Um, so thanks to every everything you guys do and girls, and, uh, and it is really appreciated. Um, from my perspective, I'd just like to add in a thanks to my dad, Gary White, as well as Wildridge Fabrications, Craig and, and Matt, um, uh, all the effort that they've put into helping me build my car, uh, craft gifts and um, and uh, Bunnings Race Supplies, as always. <laughs> um, anyways, mate, you use Bunnings Race Supplies? I'm pretty useful at times. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, uh, let's kick it off. Um, uh, talking a little bit about, I guess, um, the year so far in IT, uh, bringing us up to speed. We're now, when we record this, this is uh, late September 2019. I think it's the 24th today, so... Um, We've got one round to go, don't we? Now? Yeah, uh, and I think uh, if we'll talk a little bit about upcoming dates soon. Um, I think we've got most of the um, states looking at their last round in late September. So, um, uh, and then there's uh, New South Wales has got one round uh, in late October, and then it's, I think South Australia is super late there, like nine November, just before the nationals. So, um, but we'll talk a little bit about that. But bringing us up to date with with current. Um, uh, I guess current results in IP across the the nation to date. New South Wales, Mick, you're pretty familiar with what's going on in New South Wales. Um, what's your view of how the year's gone so far in uh, New South Wales IP? Uh, well, you know, sometimes I've had to guess who's going to come third. So you know, that's been pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm talking overs, of course. Um, so overs, not that I'm biasing between the two, but one, I do race in it, and two, I do like. The different cars better in overs, so I'm going to do them first. And most notably, records have been smashed. And oh my god, the two Evos, how amazing are they going? Like, as much as I want to just go rules, rules, rules all around this, both of them have been developing the car, they're driving awesome. Kingy's doing great in proddies as well, so he can steer and he's yeah. set up really well. and you know, the car's been amazing and the lap times have been getting. Some people are saying, you know, it's nice and cool for the turbos, but like how much? Like not every turbo car's smashing lap records, right? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, what Mick's alluding to is Michael King, uh, who is uh, once again showing himself to be the class of the overs field in New South Wales. Although Trev Spatier has really uh, upped his game this year and pushed him a little harder. Has won a few races uh, on merit from Michael this year, which um, uh, he struggled a bit last year with, although he was um, uh, a consistent runner-up last year. But Trez has been a lot closer. But again, Michael's just um, taken a step forward, hasn't he? Uh, and um, and that car really has shown pace. And as you say, I think uh, it, you know it's not it's not luck, um, and it's not just as if he's thrown heaps of cash at it and just said, "All right, I want to build." the fastest Evo, he's, he's developed the car that he wanted, and that's what's more amazing. Like, I'm pretty sure yep. it's still got Mitsubishi gifts in it. Yeah, and, and, and it's a synchro box too. Um, synchro box, because uh, he doesn't want a dog box. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a smart Scary build. when you think about it. Well, it's smart, I think. Mm-hmm. It's very smart. Mitsubishi spends millions of dollars developing this stuff, so it goes around corners as good as it can and doesn't push on the front tyre so heavily like mm-hmm. four-wheel drives like to. And he's just... It gets that four-wheel drive hop through the corner. <laughs> Looks mm-hmm. funny from the in-car. If you don't know what it is, you just say, oh, what's it doing that for? But anyone that knows, it's just binding, diffs, gripping up, and the car that's doing a little hoppity-skippity-crabby thing across the corner. Doesn't yep. slow it down at all. just looks funny. Mm. And, <laughs> and it, into the twos at Wakefield at the last round, um, that's just incredible, isn't it? Uh, I didn't think possible. Like, twos is a slow sports sedan. You know, when I say slow, like just not one of the front guys. It's a front-running New South Wales car generally. It's on twos and apart from the two yellow Camaros. But twos, it's 
And when everyone else is doing their normal times, there's a few other personal bests in the fields, but mm. like it's just amazing. It really is. Well, on, <laughs> on 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 a, on a nine-inch radial tire with a synchro box sucking through a thirty-eight mil restrictor. Um, yeah, Fourteen hundred kilo car. <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, so shout out to, to Michael King. Uh, yep. It's fantastic driving. It's momentum. Been a great the only way to do it is is he's carrying mm-hmm. momentum. He's not slowing down. It's secret to you and I both know to karting without gears, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it's going around corners it's, and through the track so fast. It's just keeping up in its in its band, and not slowing down. It looks great. Mm. Yep, great watching. And, and and that's not to take anything away from uh, Trev Spiteri in in his Evo Six because that car has also taken a, a big step forward this year. Just unfortunately, not quite a big enough step forward to um to 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 leapfrog Michael, who's who's just showing uh, just how quick he is. So um. Well, uh, you take Kingy away, Trev's, Trev would be an absolute standout. You know, it's yeah, a, and a couple of steps ahead of the next fastest guy. Yeah. Exactly. And you take a couple of years ago when I remember when Kingy and uh, Pete in the RX7, Ingram, popped into the mm-hmm. fours in a race and we're all, you know, oh, my God, Evos yeah. and RX7s can do fours, you know. What the, what the hell? And then now who's yeah, twos and thirty nines at, at, at Eastern Creek. Yeah, that's um, too. That's I mean, it's uh, it, it's very impressive. Oh, it's not a corner. It's a corner speed track for holding lap times, I suppose. But we both know how much horsepower makes a difference there. And even though they've got bigger holes in their restrictor, it's not they're not fast down the straight. They're only no. the same speed as an RX seven down the straight. Yeah, roads. Well, so, just to put that into context. Um, you know, I was passing both of them in qualifying in my Datsun 1200 last year. Was, now, of course, they would leave me for dead around the rest <laughs> of the track. But, um, you know, they they are not, you're right, They and I can attest to it, they're not rocket ships down the straight at all. You know, no, no matter what anybody says, that that um, those cars are all, it's all in the corners and, and braking and, and, and you yeah, know, it's all, it's all car set up and driving. Yeah, so at Wakefield, they, they're quick off the corner because they're, they're rotating speed is quite slow because of the four-wheel drive, and then they can put the power down, get the traction, get out of there. But mm-hmm. there's no corner like that Eastern Creek, like at, sorry, mm-hmm. Sydney Motorsport Park for the new people. So you know, it's not that. It's corner speed, exactly what yeah. you said. The yeah. four-wheel drive is, is actually probably not much of an advantage at all. At and, the and the weight would be killing them. Yeah. Yet they're still, they're still, yeah, they're still putting it together. So, yeah. so very impressive. We've, so we've spoken a lot then about, about that. Um, yep. Anyone further back in the field uh, who, who um, uh, you think has, has, has made some steps this year? Uh, who, well, the, the other Evo, uh, Angle, Steve Angle, I think it is. Mm-hmm. He's up into the, the top fives around now, playing with Stig and Macca. Mm-hmm. That's, Dave Worrells managed to keep the Commodore into the you know 15 turns that are around Eastern Creek instead of the 265 he made it with the amount of <laughs> opposite lock and throttle down he had everywhere. So he's either love you, Dave. Sort <laughs> he's either sorted out that um, the car a bit or he's settled himself down, whatever. But he's up playing with Macca nearly. He gets a few laps in and can't keep there. And then there's that big whole bunch behind. So I think in New South Wales, we've got a, a fantastic midfield. We've got the fast midfield, the middle midfield, mm. the slow midfield. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and it's been a pretty good field of overs cars this year in most rounds, which um, which is good to see too. Well, round one was freaking spectacular. Like it was... Yeah, with a mixed grid. Yeah. A mixed grid, full 50 cars or whatever it was. That was, And because of me and my car, those who don't know, it tends to start... A lot further back than where it qualifies during a during because of problems. Anyway, so I had the pleasure of being back in with the uh, unders guys, and they'll it was it was great to be around. It was absolutely great. And if someone would you know think that it's all oh, because you just got to bl- blow by them, it's like well, you can look at some footage down the straight. It's you know I might get one, but. Mm-hmm. No, it's not blowing by. It's more racing with and figuring yeah, out where sure. to be. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and the most fun I can remember having in a car. It's close to back in the good days of karting when there was you know fifty carts on the track at once, thirty odd. You know, 
Sure, it's a bit more fun, and you always find yourself leaving the track with a smile on your face if you've had someone to race with. It doesn't matter where you are in the pack, and, and more cars increases the opportunity, doesn't it, to have yeah. someone to, to, to have a race with no matter where you are, which which you talked a bit about unders. I mean, let's let's talk about unders. I know yep. uh, you might be biting a little bit towards the overs, but um, your thoughts on unders this year again? Um, I mean, Harry Cooper seems to be pretty pretty tough to beat at the front there. Yeah, but it's – if you, so – Unfortunately for Harry, this year's not his year in the fact that last year he blew us all away with how good he did and how everything he did. And now he's as good, a little bit more refined this year. But the rest have got so much better. Like, mm-hmm. the rest of the field's really caught up. Like, um, well, he's had a couple of issues, hasn't he? Um, uh, in terms of the points, I know it's probably a little tighter than it would have been last year because he's had a couple of mechanical failures in races this year. Yeah, did he miss? Did he miss around because of the Bathurst incident as well? I think. Ah, uh, yeah, with the with the crash. Um, yeah, I think he, he ended at Bathurst, unfortunately, and and then. Um, but superhuman effort got it back onto the track. But he's even then, like I know he had a DNF at um, at Wakefield a couple of weeks ago, uh, yeah. and given the cumulative point system we run, uh, that hurt him. Uh, so I'm not even sure that um, the Kurt or or one of the other cars maybe want. Um, one of the uh, other Hondas might be a bit closer to him than, um, uh, than, yeah, than right. certainly in the last year. So, Well, it's a shame because Kurt, he's done really, really, really well and he's getting mm-hmm. much faster. He doesn't, it's not a criticism, Kurt, if you're listening, doesn't race as well as the other guys yet. You know, mm-hmm. he seems to, if he gets stuck behind a car, it takes him longer to get back to his car speeds position. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's him being extra careful or just... Me observing the the bad luck or a bad run, and it's not actually not like that. I'm not sure, but what I've seen is it seems to get him, take him a little bit to get up. Whereas, you know, Harry maybe because he was a very good go karter as well, he had more confidence coming through the field. You know, get back to his positions a bit easier. Mm. Um, but we've missed a few of the big guys. So Hendy hasn't been out that much, right? So that yeah, him and that car have been going very very fast, but they are quick. Not, yeah. Not out very often, so yeah, well, he was challenging Jordan Cox uh, before Geordie sold the Honda uh, uh, into Victoria. Uh, he was up there with Geordie when Geordie was racing, so you'd, you'd have to think that, that he'd be giving Harry a, a real run for his money if he was uh, if he was around. So, Jason, if you're out there, if you're listening, mate, bring the car back. We love it, uh, and um, yeah, we'd love to see you uh, uh, racing with us again. Um, hope uh, hope everything's okay. Yeah. He's, he's done some rounds, though, hasn't he? Maybe, but I, honestly, I can't remember. I haven't been yeah. able to get to all the rounds this year, um, mostly because I have to make a decision between uh, putting spanners on my own car or going out to watch other people race, and sometimes that's a tough decision to make. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah. But um, but we've also seen... There's it a is inspiring, of, though, to go watch other people. <laughs> it is, which often which often causes me to drop the spanners for a day and, and, and go down. Uh, but um, the, the other thing, too, is I noticed uh, the last round, there are a couple other Hondas that are getting a little yeah, bit quicker. We have a new so winner. Brilliant new field, right? So there's lots of yeah. guys that have come in from last year. And so the father and son teams, mm. Woodridge and... The Moors, I think they've yep. come in. They're, they're, I mean, they've done a fantastic job. That you know, they're making leaps and bounds. And Pricey, young Pricey, he's like, has he got to race Dad yet? Is he beaten Dad? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I did see him get a bit close at one round. Uh, but yeah, Ian, Ian's car. I've been, been meaning to um, ask Ian if he's not bringing the car out just because the boys get too fast. <laughs> <laughs> So it's David Williams who has got the Duke Pen. David Williams, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, he and but also, like I said, Graham Bohm's Civic is it was into the sixes, I think, uh, at the yeah. last round of Wakefield, which is pretty well, he, pretty he was, rapid. He was fast a few years ago, and he's had a bit of a hiatus for a while. So I think he only just came back to driving the car at the start of the year. So maybe he's right. just getting back in tune with it again. Maybe that's what. Good to see, um, and and uh, yeah, I think I mean overall, you know, again, New South Wales continues to have a fairly healthy unders field, and and um, yeah, that's uh, it's it's good to see. Moving on to other states, um, so I was going to uh, ask you about Victoria. Have you been following Victoria? You watch Redhead? I do watch Redhead Redhead's review. It's it's um, very informative, and I do like how he books everyone through the field. It's great. Um, for me, Victoria's just 
not a special year. And as in, there's so many different people, which is good to watch, that's up there. But without Milano there all the time to as a benchmark, it's hard to know exactly how well everyone's going. Does that make sense? Mm. I don't yep. know. Like, so um, Luke seems to have had a bit of a problematic year with engines, and he has a Friday night overnight for Saturday morning complete rebuild I've seen you know or something happen and he has to work his way back through the field and he's just doing it too easily and mm. there's a couple of BMWs that are at the front that are when they interview them they say you know that's not they're not super well developed cars they're not super hot up engines there's lots of standard BMW parts so it just without knowing more it feels like they're doing their Victorian thing where they're getting heaps of Heaps of heaps of people entered, and I wish I was down there playing with them. But mm. the front of the field isn't exciting what we had in New South Wales. That's I think. That's yeah, I mean, mate. it's interesting how you say that. Um, just playing devil's advocate, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you, but um, some of the times that those so-called undeveloped BMWs are doing, like Nathan Robinson, for example, I do recall that there was some, um, you know, some very impressive times from cars that, um, you know, on the face of it. Uh, shouldn't have been that quick. And if that's, the, if that's the case and there's development still in these cars and that development happens, you could see some pretty rapid cars down there in the near future. Uh, and yeah, well, um, Robertson's cars, it's almost his old car in a newer chassis, didn't he? Want to get benefits, I remember, from one of the Revheads' reviews, the little bit wider track and better chassis of the later 46 or whatever it is instead of the 36. Yes, but I think I recall also, and I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of one of the rounds of Phillip Island earlier in the year. Um, he was indicating that he was running a standard M3 motor, which is again, you know, sort of indicative of the fact that the car may well be um, uh, a fair bit quicker than, um, uh, or, or have the potential at least to be a fair bit quicker uh, than it has been. Uh, and I believe in that round, I'm just going to qualify as a forty-four-eight. Yeah, uh, and he was right, running that speed in race trim too. Yeah, so forty-four was okay. So, um, you know, that's that's not nationals, you know, f- uh, uh, front of the field pace. No, that's no. nationals top ten pace. Um, oh, look, arguably, if I was doing forty-fours, I'd be I'd be super happy. So, you know, and, like that's and, <laughs> and that. And I'm pretty sure it was yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure at that round two, uh, Robertson was interviewed and indicated as suggesting that the car wasn't like it had a lot more in it. That he was he was running an engine yeah, package right. that was not not all the way there. And if that's the case, and he's got that much corner speed, then um, then you'd have to think that you know that car you know could could be even quicker. I I, I don't yeah I I must say I kind of agree with you. You you it would be great to see someone like Milano making more regular appearances in the state. Championship um, uh, to benchmark the Victorian field because you know he's quick. You know he is, you know, legitimate top three. That car. Oh, I've been on the on the track with that car, and I can tell you, Philip Island. You can look out and your mirrors through turn two and think, "Hey, I'm clear." And all of a sudden, this purple thing's on you coming in the Honda. Yeah. Well, where yeah. did it come from? <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, that's it's that's fast. it's yeah, yeah, all the fun. Yeah. you just want them all to have a good run so we can see how. Could they run against Ray or anyone else? We just we just, we want to know how fast the category can go. We do want to yeah, know that for sure. And that's and that's been I guess getting back to New South Wales briefly without sort of labouring the point. The great thing about this year watching Kingy push it, um, and you really want to see him then go down to Baskerville and see how he perform at the national level. Yeah, uh, I really they, hope he can if they there. will, just yeah, I don't know because of his. I think he cares about Proddy more maybe, but yeah, but if it, if it. What I'm hoping for is the carrot has been dangled for someone to yeah. come and play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially and the number one someone, falcon. We yeah. all want that here. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, moving on to South Australia now. Um, yep. Again, not sure if you've paid much attention to what's happening no, down in South Australia this year. Um, I mean, Apart my... my favourite cars is for sale. <laughs> yeah, mine too, I have to say. So uh, you're referring to Maxim Eric's... Yeah. Uh, X Justin Keys 808. I think we'll talk a little bit no, about RX3. Um, sorry, sorry. Yeah. RX3. Uh, it does have a Mazda BP engine in it, though. Um, I know this uh, because <laughs> I'm building one myself in a different chassis. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah uh, we'll talk a bit more about cars for sale later. But yes, uh, it, it has been um, 
uh, it has been in South Australia this year playing down there and it's been an interesting I mean looking at the looking at the results at least it yep. really seems to have depended upon who turns up for each round so you know you've got some quick cars down there Andy Sarandis is showing pace again, again with the Evo getting quicker I think with the recent changes have benefited um uh well, you know those late model the, turbo cars at that late 500 when he yep. first got the bigger restrictor how how good that and, car is and him driving it yep and i think it's showing itself even more at tracks like the bend where you know they've now got a track down there in south australia that yeah, this is what we need really talk. yeah it rewards corner speed doesn't it and oh, um it's yeah the early model turbo cars that have that have consistently dominated in south australia um, there's uh, a lot of people trying to get out of them, aren't there? Uh, and a lot of specials aren't that good anywhere else. Mm, mm. Like, so, fair enough, the, let's call it the trio of Boostworks cars that we've seen around the country over the years, the Ruder Red 808 and yep. Keith Green, the Demeric, and then mm-hmm. um, the white Wallace one that came to New South Wales. Those three cars were going to be fast anywhere, right? They were well-developed, yes. well-built well-driven, well-funded, everything you need to be fast cars. But mm-hmm. the difference to a not-as-good early model turbo car at Malala wasn't much in lap time. Mm. So they could keep up and play, right? They were all really good. But then you get to a bigger track like the Bend where corner speed matters a lot. And then and, and speed down the straight, let's face it, it's a long straight at the Bend. You know, you know. <laughs> you know what, though? I... I was surprised. So, even though I only did half a Friday when I was down there for the Nationals, um, I had Marinelli, the Queensland S14, and we were on track together playing around, and he'd get me for the first quarter of the straight, then the RX-7 would be maybe real or to the same in the middle of the straight and then right into the straight out a little bit more than him from Aero and yeah. his restrictor was probably choking him out by then. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm known for not being that fast down the straight, really. Mm-hmm. RX-7's, you know, it's an okay car, but it's not one of the fast ones. So I was very, very surprised how much corner speed made a difference at the bend. Corner speed yeah. down there, definitely. Then when I run onto the straight, I could gain... Two or three car, car lengths on most cars I was around, mm. and it just carried all the way. Even with the uphill bit yep. at the end, it didn't seem to hurt if you had the momentum. Yeah, yeah. But that's obviously hurting the, the early model turbo cars down there, and there is a few for sale. It does seem that the results well, one, that out too. Sorry? It'll be, it'll be the long the long corners. and they, Yeah. So there's, there's a right-hander that you turn, like the five right-handers in a row, 16 yeah. seconds of turning right. Yeah. So... The, the narrow tyre, the worst chassis, the not a good suspension, you know, it, that's where you lose it at the bend. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I think, again, the results bear that out. So you've had Scott Cook, Andy Sarandis. So Scott Cook's in the blue. Sylvia, the, I think it's an S13. Uh, Grant Maitland's got an S13. He's been um, towards the front there as, as usual. Um, uh, Andy in the in the Evo. Um, Adam Poole's... Monaro when he turns up, obviously. He's had an awesome bit of kit, Yeah, huh? and well built too, cool you know. Just, just put, you know, I, I saw his, um, his interviews at the Nationals and, you know, it's clear that he's, it's a labour of love. He's, he's just, he's just, you know, really put his heart and soul into that car and it's clearly paying off and, yeah, it's great to see. Um, and, um, and Rob Braun in the E30 when he's turned up has gone well there too. Yeah, uh, again, yep. I think t- testament to the fact, you know, car's well set up and goes around corners well. Uh, and probably, you know, attest to what you say that, you know, corner speed is king at the bend and, and that's what's winning down there. So, yep. you know, that's, I think, why Max is, is trying to um, look in a different direction. He's, he's poking around for an Evo or a, or a, a Sylvia yeah. um, and probably a good move if you're going to race at the bend on a regular basis. Yeah, well, so, and let's talk about missiles then. So I think it's the Eldridge SS A9X hatchback. Yes. Yep. yep. The thing it looks like it's doing 400k now down the straight, especially when it blows by you. But yeah. not a problem at the bend. He can't. The corners are so they knock on, they flow on to the next one, and your exit matters so much for the next mm-hmm. that you could just drive around it. Like he yeah. wasn't. 
even if he stopped and propped in a corner, the next one you could just get a run and go. And he, that wasn't a problem. Yeah. Whereas before going down, I know there was lots of talk that the missiles were going to be impossible to beat down there and just too mm-hmm. hard to get past, but not with the style of track, not at all. They just yeah. could not get the power down. And then one little, not even an error, just not getting the power down as well as they probably should have meant that it was a, they were just easy to get around. That's the category, isn't it? I mean, you know, the category's about running radial tyres and it's about then driving to the limits of your car. Yep. And at some tracks, as you say, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm building an early model turbo car and I fully expect that tracks like Phillip Island and the Bend, I'm going to struggle, you know? It's going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll enjoy it, uh, but I'm not, you know, it, it's not going to be the front. You know, it's, it's, not it's, the it's tracks point. like Wakefield, it's tracks like Malala, it's like, maybe like Winton, where, you I know, think potentially... think Park's going to be... Uh, that'd be fun. Yeah, Park for sure. Ah, yeah. So, um, moving on to West Australia now, I'm not sure yep. if you've paid any attention to West Australia this None year. None at all, sorry. None so, um, you know, uh, the Glenn Melling Com- Commodore's made a few appearances, and it's quick, uh, we know that. Um, I think it's a VN uh, or a VP, but uh, quick car. Um, we saw it again at um, uh, at Hidden Valley and obviously got a lot of horsepower. But the interesting thing is that um, Michael Sciorio, uh I'm not familiar with Michael. Um, so, Michael, if you're out there, um, uh, mate, uh, welcome to IP. Um, but um, he's in a WRX, which I have a sneaking suspicion might be the ex-Kevin Ledger car. Right, uh, he's so been at the front pretty- of the field. Triple, triple yeah. five racing WRX. Uh, yeah. And then another fellow called Nick Mitich, who has been driving a BMW and apparently been quite competitive with him. Uh, not sure um, right. uh, the history of those cars, but that's, um, both of them have sort of been at the front of West Australia and trading wins is, all year. So, is it Calgary? Is it Calgary in the red and red and white? Calgary in the red and white BN. Calgary, yeah. Calgary, um, yeah. He's that thing's that a car as well. Is quick. Yeah, yeah, he's driving that he, as well. Not sure he's made too many appearances at state level this year. Uh, I think, again, we saw him Hidden Valley, wasn't he? Hidden Valley, yes. yes. Um, and I think he might even be a Northern Territory guy. Um, uh, not sure, though. Uh, uh, John, if you're out there, again, uh, maybe we'll get you on the podcast one day. We can have a talk yeah, I'd like to talk to him and know more about the car, that's um, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely quick. Um, and, um, Especially for a, a live rear-end car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, again, built built to that sort of... Um, you know, built to that template that, um, you know, the Ashley Barnett VN's be built to, although probably, you know, Ashley, I think uh, Barnett's sort of slapped that car together for the Nationals, I think, back in, what, 2014? Yeah, yeah, and they've gone to a Samsung. I'm not sure how that car is tracking, actually, and Ashley, um, I think, is coming on the podcast in a few weeks. Yeah, I can't so we can ask him about that. that. Well, yeah. Um, that'll be that, good. Um, that kicked in steer, too. Well, yes, and and the Fox and Body Mustang that he's building. Well. Yeah, Fox Body Mustang that he's building uh, is is um, something I'm following very Isn't closely. That, that car is. Oh boy, I can't <laughs> wait. And there's a couple of actually Fox Bodies because um, he's uh, Doug, yeah, Doug he's Moss's Mustang yeah. is close. I understand. Um, although, okay. yeah, well, we'll see. You know, close when you're building a race car. What does that mean? Um, uh, you'd know. Been close the last six <laughs> months. Been close. Oh, probably, probably eighteen months, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, and also a quick shout out to Grant Gellin, that little black escort that's been dominating unders in West Australia forever. Um, still consistently finishing top three, top four over there outright. So uh, it's obviously pretty quick. Um, um, Queensland. So uh, I think it's the story. Yeah, it is. Young Zach Hudson and his Phil Laird uh, prepared fast seven. Fast kid. Mm-hmm. Well funded, well prepared, well driven. All everything you need. And, yeah, Morgan Park obviously suits the RX-7 as well, but is fast at the paperclip as well. Oh, fast. And, and it was fast at Hidden Valley. You know, um, that car is pretty incredible. Uh, and you look at, oh, I don't know how much Neggy's running on the front of it. It looks like he's running about 10 degrees, but having said that, <laughs> the car is so quick. Everywhere. Yeah, mine doesn't work with that much Neggy, so I don't know what he, how he's doing it. To, was, yeah, I didn't like well, it, can, but he he's working. Yeah, you yeah, can ask him yourself in a few weeks. Uh, Zach uh, also has agreed to come on the podcast, so um, yeah, Zach, I'm like, looking I'm really, to talking to you. Yeah, I'm really keen to see how much he knows about the engineering side of the car. He's got kind of a love for it as well, because then I can relate to the kid as well coming mm. it's just yeah kid can steer can steer. He, he can you got it you got it you, hats off to him 
And, yeah. um, and you know, I think it's a great category for him to be gaining more experience in too, you know, in a quick car. I'm so glad he's just not in a Formula Ford or something that he's yeah, just drowned yeah. out with everyone else. So, because mm-hmm. there's tons of fast kids in Formula Ford, you know, so... Mm-hmm. It's, well, I'm being selfish with this, but I'm very happy seeing him improve Great for the category. And, and look, I think IPRA Queensland needs to, um, you know, needs to, uh, you know, just say a prayer of thanks to the Angel for, you know, a kid like yep. this in a car like that coming into the category. Um, yep. Yes, yeah, some quick cars in Queensland. Aaron Lawrence, uh, Troy Marinelli, Jason Clements, uh, others that I'm that I'm forgetting, but... You know, the, I've, uh, I've, yeah. I've raced with Clements in twin super go karts. You know, Jason, mm. he's got a his two liter touring car there. <laughs> well, and they're, they're they're quick quick drivers in quick cars, uh, well developed cars. You know, Aaron Lawrence was, um, you know, arguably, you know, uh, yeah, top three at Phillip Island a few years ago. I know he had a yep. little incident there in the last lap, but that car's quick, really quick. Um, you know, Troy's car is well, it's known a lead to be car quick. too, isn't it? I'm pretty sure Aaron Lawrence's car is uh, lead tuned. Uh, whether I'm not sure about the details of who built the motor. Um, maybe Aaron's another guy we can get on the podcast yeah. in the future and talk about his car. I, I love car, Aaron. I'd um, um, love to talk to you about it. Um, and the other thing, I guess, interesting that I've, you know, sort of coming out of Queensland, uh, I was watching the, the footage from the Shannon's Nationals round uh, recently, and um, uh, the Mercedes AMG C63 that Carl Begg, I think he debuted it at um, the paper clip for that round, and it was up racing with Clements' BMW, which is a well-developed, you know, well-funded, sure well-driven C63 car. In other rounds, footage okay. That's possible. And I was, yeah, very impressed. But Beck got he got that his BMW running very, very, very fast as well. Remember, it was up the front yep. at uh, the yeah, bend. It was the first under three liter car until it had a failure. So it, no, it was he had a silver forty six or oh, is it? Yeah, later. On. Anyway, Carl loved the Mercedes. Um, uh, I'm not sure of any other Mercedes. Uh, certainly, no, like newer Mercedes that are racing in Ibra. Uh, at the moment, so great to see a different car uh, coming. Yeah, we need out. to get him what on. It's all about. We need to get him on to ask him about this car, especially if he's using the over six liter rules. I'd like mm. to know about that, or if he's de de stroked or de or sleeved it to pull some yeah. out of it to, mm. to be able to run aftermarket stuff. But I'd be very happy if it was an over six liter car and running DSG and everything that I think is, you know. Very smart to use. Yeah, and, and also development. probably, you know, yeah, at least you talk to a lot of people, that probably represents the future of the category, doesn't it? I mean, you know, taking um, uh, taking a car that off the factory floor can be improved slightly to race without having to pull stuff out of it to make it compliant, you know, like, um, you know, like we've had to see with some of the sort of the E90 M3 experience that I think... Um, uh, what's the other yeah. one there in Wade. Queensland who, yeah, just, uh, the Wade car where, you yeah. know, he's had to pull out the CSG and go with a, a Hollinger. You know, that seems, you know, like a lot of work. Well, the to DSG go gearing for the four litre would be terrible, most likely. You know, mm. so, but the fact that he had to do it was the problem. And so then, the Hollinger's always going to be better. Yeah. And then, of course, the, you know, the, I guess the ongoing refrain from some of the Holden guys about not being able to run the big, um, LS engines that come from the factory, you know, and having to... Anyway, but that's probably a conversation for another podcast, interesting as it is. Um, yep. I'm not really caught up on NT and Taz so much. Sorry uh, to the races um, in the Territory and in Tasmania. Uh, again, other than what we saw, of course, at Hidden Valley, um, Ray Hislop... Isn't that a good show again. every year, though? I'm just... Great. Yeah, it's still a good show, though, for, for improved production. Looks great. Yeah. Do you, would, you ever, would you ever go up there? I mean, oh, I'd love to, but it's four days travel or whatever it is to get there. Yeah, it's just, a lot of money, me, a lot of travel. For like, for me, it's it's hard enough getting afternoons in the shed, never alone weekends away at the moment yeah. with work. So it's just, I guess, everyone goes through different cycles of work-life balance. At the moment, mine's definitely teetering towards work. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Balance. And yeah, you just need to one. I'm not going to go all that way with my car until it's running, until a lot of the recent gremlins that I've had are gone out of it. So I'd want to do a full year in New South Wales before I'd make the trip. 
But apart yeah. from that, the track looks amazing. Yeah. I don't like the straight. Of course I don't like the straight. It just seems like a waste, but mm. whatever, it's there. But the rest of the track looks really good. Change of direction. Yeah. Tiny mm. little up and down changes in elevation mm. on corners that make the car a bit loose. And mm. even young Zach Hudson got caught out when he was yep. a little bit blind up the inside and locked the left and had mm-hmm. to one of the races. So even one of the, the stars of our category can get it wrong there. So mm-hmm. Always exciting, you know me. I do like the challenges of circuits more than just knowing where to go on a circuit. So yeah, I'd, for sure. Well, yeah. yeah, it's good, 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 good race, and, and I think it, you know, uh, year after year, supercars have, have continued to to support IPRA at that track. Um, same can't be said of all the other rounds uh, uh, no, around the country, but, but um, yeah, that's sure There's lots to the story, though. But oh, of course, still. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm not. No, no. No this on supercars, just good to see, I guess, on the positive side that um that uh that uh, Hidden Valley the have the, uh, the, the Northern Territory Club put in to make sure it happens yep. is fantastic. And that's yep. the good and thing about and I just want to touch on that, Chris, is it, you know, I'm commenting on the fast guys, but you know, there's a massive midfield in Ipra. Like you, you almost forget that the fast cars are in the field because you're just raising your group and then you you're worrying about as you know how you get off the corner and how they get off the corner and where your strengths and weaknesses are and and if if one of the Commodores comes thumping by you down the straight or you're thinking he's you know he's not fast here he's not fast here he's not fast mm. here it's my job to get around him you're not having to sook and go and you know, this sucks I'm just getting blown yeah. away down the straight every time it's it makes the category way more exciting and far more yeah fun. for sure. Absolutely, and and you do see that at Hidden Valley. It's a it's a good track for that, where you know you, you, it 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 tends to encourage that sort of racing. Um, yep. uh, and 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 I think good things here too. Um, uh, that uh, the um, you know they weren't encountering blocks of flats on the apexes uh, towards the end of the race. <laughs> that the HQs were in a different yeah. uh, in a different race because um, <laughs> you know there were so many IP cars binned. In incidents with with the with the HQs, and so I think Commodore Cup was much better fit, um, and, so um, the and hopefully there too. They're just, they're awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, good that they've got the field size to, to accommodate that. I guess it's fantastic, it's fantastic. Mm. Well, at at Magic, they put the HQs with the XLs in practice because they're close to the same speed. That puts it in perspective when you've got yeah. you know, 260 kilometre hour radius slot compared to it. You know, it's a bit yeah. it's, it's not it's quite dangerous. Safe. Yeah. And and I think I think they've they've come to that conclusion and uh and, and I think it is good for the category because I don't know how many times in past years we saw, you know, good IP cars um yep. uh, either their race is ruined or um, you know, like body damage or worse. Um, uh, with the with the HQ, so I was. Personally, it's I was not fair to that either. though, Chris. Yeah, yeah, they're in place. Place. And all of a sudden, yep. there's a RX3 coming ripping through on them, you know. So mm-hmm. it's you know, or a Commodore, you know, trying to find its way around in the twisty stuff, and they didn't catch them on the straight. So you know, it's yeah. not fair on them either. So it was great. Mate, to see that split. Yeah, dead, dead right, mate. I, I, yeah, if I, if I was, if it did sound HQ races, if it did sound like I was uh, giving a hard time, it really is just um, acknowledgement of the fact that I think the two categories aren't really compatible on the same track at the same time. Um, right, so moving on, um, two cars for sale. We talked a little bit about the X-Keys um, RX3808 Coupe. So yep. I've seen it on My105, I've seen it on Facebook. Um, Max, I think, has had that car now for um, about eight or nine months this year. I, I don't think he's got selling it just the position. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure there's any serious issues with the car. It's just that he wants to get into something with IRS, um, something that's a bit better in the corners. Um, boy, it'd be a great car, wouldn't it, that thing? Oh, oh skids for days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all and the, um, all the and it's yeah, well-developed. Um, uh, it's got Hollinger 5-speed in it. It's a full Boost Works package. Um, it was a fast so, car as an RX3. It, you know, yeah. Like, it was a, I'm pretty sure it won a national championship, didn't he, in it? And then, no. yeah, in 13, in 13B, Bridgeport form. And then when the the Boost Works or whoever started, I think it was Sean down in um, South Australia in the white mm-hmm. three, I think it was he had a sedan first, he told me, that he first did the BP conversion in. 
Mm-hmm. They realised, wow, we're onto something here. And then, yeah, it just went from a fast car that was already set up and well developed to an absolute weapon. Yeah. And, and it has been. They I were think, the classic you know, field for the around 2010, you know, 20, 2008 to 2010. They were just the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even, you know, going to more recent nationals, I remember Justin at the at the at Phillip Island a few years ago, uh, racing well within the top ten for the entire race, right up the front. Uh, and at that same meeting, Mark Ruder performing well. The cars are quick, um, mm-hmm. so if anyone out there's got a spare forty odd grand lying around, um, uh, boy, you could do worse. Um, but remember, it is an early model turbo car, so you know they. It's an original R X three. It's worth lots of money, and every yeah, day, you know, like, yeah, it's, but, it's definitely worth. And then it's car. fast too. Good car though, boy. To be, oh, I'd love it in my shed. Um, another one I've noticed for sale is Jamie Weir's Datsun Stanza, which is well developed. Another Boostworks engine car. Is it a Stanza or a Sunny? Sunny might be Sunny four door. Um, uh, it's for sale. Uh, again, I think uh, mid thirties ish. Um, uh, uh, and Sean Winberg and Mark One Cortina Turbo. The um, uh, same engine, uh, still Boostworks. Yep, yeah. yep. And as what I understand, the oldest. Um, uh, functional IP car in Australia in terms of the chassis <laughs> age. Uh, um, uh, and that's a car that's had a lot of money and love uh, put into it over the years. And um, I think Sean's retiring from racing. So, you know, in all, in all cases, these are genuine reasons for sale. Lots, you know, lots of early model turbo cars for sale in South Australia right now. So, yeah, you know, again, getting back to, I think, right the, yeah. it's a new track to bend and, and it's, you know, it's obviously causing a, a bit of a change in approach there. Um, well, they're all jumping to um, thirteens by the look of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, with some justifications, we talked about the the S thirteen and and you know, I guess you know the Evos, those late model turbo cars are starting to 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 move back into the discussion now. I think around being competitive, especially attracts you know where corner speed is 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 king. And a segment we are going to run uh, um, is uh, the Mick Talk segment. Is there something, Mick, you want to talk about um, specifically uh, about IP racing or racing in general? Something on your mind? I didn't want to talk about rules, but it's kind of... I've got this one thing in my head that other people have spoken about, and that's not having a a two-and-a-half-litre weight category because Mm -hmm. there's lots of very good... 2.3, 2.4, 2.5 litre engines around Mm -hmm. that, and I've seen the one Escort in Queensland that runs a 2.4 Duratech, I'm pretty sure, I think a red and yellow and blue car, and it's it's always made me think, would we, I know in New South Wales it'll upset down to two litre guys, but in general as IP better, would it be better to have some sort of either read the weight rules altogether, which I don't agree with, but let's not talk about that, and just have some sort of an incentive to use these engines and then boost the middle of the field more in, in over two litre. Because yeah. some of the earlier model, so the earlier model under two litre cars are pretty much, unless they're a, a loved car, like the Wildridge's Escorts, they're never going to end pricey. They're not going to leave Escorts. They love them. But really, get a Honda, go heaps better, you know, mm. or even a Pulsar or something that's just starting as a better chassis mm. and you've got good engines straight away. So my thought would be, this is on my mind, if we made it more attractive to put, hey, even K24s in Hondas, you know what I mean? Let, let's get them up, let's get them up the front and plane in, well, more of them, the ability to get up the front in the front of the midfield pack in overs. And we just boost the class. It just seems crazy that there's this big gap and no incentive to want to do that. Mm. I don't know. That seems crazy that it seems... Like, I just don't understand it. I do not understand why we wouldn't want those type of cars there. Because then it'll give them an extra lease of life, really. So yeah. there's two. There's, there's part A and part B. Part A is the escorts would have somewhere to go. They could run two and a half leader Duratex and mm-hmm. play Dark Sevens. You know? yep. so, and then the late model guys, there's no incentive of them. Well, let's, let's 
go full out on this rule. One, they can't turbo, which is just bonkers. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? It doesn't make any sense. So let's say, well, if, if there's some reason that I don't understand why they can't turbo, then fine. But there's no incentive for them to go 2.4 and come into overs either. Now, a lot of people would say, well, let them have unders and let them stay in unders. Well, there should be a choice, is my point. IP is about building something you want to race in a category you want, at a speed you want, and a budget that you want. And that's yeah. been the beautiful thing about IP for so many years, ever since Club Cars. Yeah. So I just I think that the only way to run a two-and-a-half-litre nowadays is to run it in a big, fat, lap model car that doesn't really work for our category. Yeah, like a, a Freyude, something, something with, that came with the K. Well, even the, the, the Accord, right? The, yeah, the Accord. The Accord, it's just too big. It's too big mm. and too fat. The Integra is such a great car, but it's got to put put lead in it. So yeah, you know, there's there's going to be a few Integras probably that won't be competitive or too expensive to run in production cars soon because K20s mm-hmm. are getting too hard. So let them give them some incentive. Come play with RX7s and BMW E30s and E36s and whatever we got in under three liter. So okay, look, it's an interesting idea. Um, what about, I mean, the inevitable and constant refrain in IP, which is, you know, not in my backyard, mate. Uh, I have had an RX-7, which I've spent $200,000 developing over the last 15 years. It's wrapped yep. in under three litre, uh, and um, and you're going to make my car obsolete uh, with a stroke of a pen by introducing this new model chassis. Now... Um, you know, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that there will be people... No, no you're talking the hypothetical, and then yeah. right now we get to refer him back to Zach Hudson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. It's, yeah. So, but apart from that, there's always been the other argument is, okay, then just um, a Boostworks car with a 1600 turbo in it instead. Mm. So it's under three litre. Would it, would it yeah. be that much slower, really? You know, well, uh, I guess the, the experience of um, that car... Oh, Cherry's. Cherry's yeah, Matt, Matt Cherry's car, yeah. 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 Um, you know, that, that, that proves your point, doesn't it, I guess? Yeah, so the only the, the, the reason why they're not, why they're breaching 3 liter is just to get the 8-inch rim. Mm. So it's like it's the only reason why you'd do it. Like the, yeah, the only reason I'm doing it in the matter. Yeah. 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 So apart from that, you wouldn't bother um, getting the CCs up. But mm. You'd probably keep it a little bit lower, a little bit more boost, a little bit more RPM, a little bit more life in the block. Yeah. But yep. But the, the extra inch in the rim, fair <laughs> bit. Yeah, Makes yeah. A difference to how that tire sits it does, on the road. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Well, interesting, interesting. Um, something I guess for for our listeners to to think about. Um, and you know, I wonder whether you know rules proposals. There has been some talk about weight recently, tire size recently. Um, but right now, as I understand it, there are no pending rules proposals on the table, uh, certainly not that I've been made aware no, of. No, and I heard, um, I heard about the gearbox one that didn't go through again. Yeah, you. that was a few years ago. and that was uh, Sorry, a few months ago. And that was at the same time when there was a proposal to increase tyre size for uh, early model cars. Um, yep. uh, and uh, that was, I think, both, they were all knocked on the head. And again, a lot of these rules proposals that come through, and, and, and again, uh, you know, there might be some people who disagree, and I understand that clubs are clubs, and you know, it's a dem- it's a democracy in the end. You know, if, yep. if the majority hands goes up, it gets through. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and that's that's the category. Uh, fair, fair, fair enough. But um, you know, it does seem a lot of the time like um, you know, people vote in self interest, and that's I guess to be expected. Um, uh, but um, you know, and I think, I, and I do wonder then how. You know, proposals like that, even though you know there's there's some common sense on the face of it, and you yeah. know probably the future of the category uh, is looking that way in many ways that that um, that there might be reasons why they might not happen. Anyways, we'll see see uh, if um, if there's anything done in that space in the future, mate. Um, new cars on track, so there's a lot of um, uh, new cars being built at the moment. Um, I guess the most exciting one from my perspective has been Ben's. Sierra Cosworth, Ben Dinnerville's built How for the Sierra not Cosworth. Be the most exciting. Oh my God. It, Especially it for our awesome. age group, growing up yep. in the group A era. <laughs> and, a Cos- um, I didn't even see it yet, but just knowing there's a, a Cosy there, I'm just, yeah, it's very exciting. Very, very Have exciting. seen it in the flesh. I got to Wakefield um, a couple of weeks ago to see it. Uh, Ben's a great guy. 
Uh, he's put a lot of effort, a lot of money into this car. Uh, has had some problems with it. You know, look, it's a new car. And, um, you know, especially, you know... Is he new to racing as well? Can you just give mm, a quick... Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I want to say too much. Um, I'd love to get Ben on the, on the program actually at some point to talk about his history. He has raced before, but he's been out of the game a while. Um, and, um, and, and look, he's, if, if, if any of you have been watching this and, and if you jump onto Facebook and look him up, you'll, you know, you'll be able to see what he's doing with this car. It is, it is a pretty high end build. Um, and he's done most of it himself, which is really impressive. Um, uh, and, um, and, and look, it's, um, you know, it's an interesting chassis to try and build an IP car out of too. So that's, but, but, you know, boy, it's awesome to see and, um, really looking forward to that car. I, I know for a fact that he had it on the dyno again within the last couple of days. He's made a few changes. He had some head gasket issues, uh, at, at Wakefield last time out, um, which, uh, I understand he believes he may have solved, um, with a change in head gasket and um, and also some additional tuning, which has found him some more horsepower, and he's now uh, well into um, the competitive range for a um, a restricted turbo car with a 36 mil restrictor. So that's good. So it's light um, enough for the 36. It is. It is light yeah. enough for a 36 on top. Um, but um, uh, yeah, it, it needs some work in terms of handling, which is probably not a surprise to uh, anyone who's all that familiar with the Sierra chassis. Um, you know what? It, uh, it's it's to anyone that's built a new car and changed a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah you know yourself. Like all you need to have is a mismatch in in bump control or rebound control, or even your bars just nowhere near the window that needs to be, and the thing just feels terrible. You're not pushing yeah. your car. You're not confident enough to push it. Yeah, and and yeah, new car, new you know, and and new driver too. Effectively, Ben's been out of it for a little while, and and um you know, so putting it all together, and especially when you put so much time, effort, money into the build, you don't want to bin it. So. Yeah. You know, I think that car's those. It's an exciting thing to see, and for for um uh, for next year in particular, I'd love to see that car at the track, and and hope to see it on the grid uh, with me, with us, hopefully next year in um, in New South Wales. With us, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Um, yep. I'm, I'm you know, the eternal optimist. Um, Simon Simon Babbins RX7. Very pretty about this. Very car. pretty RX7. Yes. Yep. It's it's gorgeous, isn't it? Hasn't he done a great? He's done the similar. T- what you said about about Ben, he's done it all himself. It's a very, very, very well built car. But he's in that. I don't want to wreck it stage. I don't want to. Yeah. Push it. I don't. He doesn't know how good the car is yet because he doesn't want to push it to a limit. Yeah. Yet, you know, to find that out yet, either himself as a driver or the car. I don't think when I last spoke to him, like maybe he's done some test days since. I'm not sure, but yeah, he was. I think the focus was getting it completed and getting it to a race meeting first and not mm. worried about exactly how hard he could push it all the time and how well it behaved for him. Yeah. But it did well. It finished every race from memory and it And getting consistently well. quicker, yeah, every yeah, race. Yeah. So, um, yep. uh, again, it'd be great to see uh, how that car goes uh, next year. Hopefully we see it uh, on track a little more, maybe even at the last round at Eastern Creek in October. That'd be good, Simon. Get on a track. Uh, we'd love to see it. Um, and um, uh, I won't talk about mine because it's not on track yet, but um, uh, your old man's car, Mick. Do you want to talk yep. a bit about that? I keep breaking superchargers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're on the third supercharger, and we're either breaking belts or superchargers. So we've Dad's built a 85 Corolla, the same as Dave Noble's under-two-litre Corolla. And we've got a Beams supercharged 36mm restrictor front-wheel drive. Um, theory around it is super, we know we're not going to make the horsepower that a turbo can make. We do, we do know that. We can't generate the torque the way the restrictor has to be designed to work in a supercharger. Just There's just complications in trying to get the flow right. Superchargers hate inlet restrictions. Absolutely mm-hmm. hate them. You know, they it's it's funny, you know, like you you block the inlet and they create more load. It's bizarre. But anyway, 
that happens. So we wanted to feel like we had a four-liter engine in our little two-liter engine, and we wanted a big, wide, fat band that wasn't a lot of horsepower, but it was ex- extremely controllable with the throttle, like it's positive displacement supercharger. Mm-hmm. So um, turbo and front-wheel drive, we weren't that convinced would be good because of the way you have to build boost and anticipate with the throttle and the way a front-wheel drive rotates through a corner and how it sits doesn't really lend itself to that being good. Having said that, the little blue starlet of um, Loftus starlet, you know, it was an absolute weapon and a jet of a thing. But I think it was also a pioneering car, so it was before a lot of other people. I don't think it'll be as special nowadays with the amount of cars that are going so fast now. And I think it'd be too hard to drive in a field of other cars that carry corner speed, where mm. you're, trying, you're trying to build boost in a front-wheel drive and keep the front wheels on the ground and not just ripping across the track. So I'm, the theory is that the supercharger will give you a throttle control, and then hopefully, if I can tune it well enough, that we'll get the consistent boost out of it and make enough power that actually pulls some good lap times and goes fast as well. So is the plan for you eventually to drive this thing, or...? So, uh, look, Dad Dad built it, but he doesn't want to race, which is fair enough. He's 74, I think, now. Sorry, Dad, if I got that wrong. So, you know, he, he wants a car that he can have fun in, and he enjoys the engineering side more than anything. He likes the yep. fabri- fabrication side, but the engineering challenge is what he wanted. He wanted something that no one else had really done, and... I gave up on the supercharger. I tried supercharge with the RX-7 and just, look, it probably wouldn't have been okay with some development, but just put the bridge port straight back in it once yeah. I got another gearbox. So I just thought, no, why? Whereas he has persisted, and he's done a lot of testing, and he's oh, everything that we've done so far should be a useful car. It won't be fast. It won't be Evo fast, definitely not. I don't think so. But uh, it's hard for me to admit it, but it probably will get as fast as the RX-7. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. that would be pretty special, especially in a supercharged car, because I remember you telling me at some point that I'd be crazy to try and supercharge mine, uh, and uh, I listened to you, yes. um, but you didn't listen to yourself. It's the front wheel drive. It's the front wheel. Dad didn't listen to me. He never listens to me. And he's, I think he did it because I said supercharger won't work. And I think that was the driving motivation. But, but as the theory turned into practice and the data turned up and some of the testing we did and I've been tuning it, you know, like this is how my dad thinks, you know, he's like, all right, I want to be able to tune it properly. So build his own dyno, you know, just, yeah, yeah, just. to be retired and my number one important thing in life is your garage. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Anyway, so... And I'm not retired and the number one thing, well, you know, nah. if my wife might be listening to this, but... Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about when you've got children? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wife and kids. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will yeah. finish off saying we were meant to do a couple of rounds this year in the, in the Corolla. But I, like I said, I kept breaking it. So hopefully we'll get a debut next year. Um, hopefully some testing over the summer off season. And um, yeah, I might give my car a break so I can properly solve the issues that it's got and then just do some testing with it. And then I might do a couple of rounds in Dad's car, which should be Happy a bit days. of fun. Mm. Good stuff. Uh, speaking of which, um, upcoming dates. So, um, big weekend actually this weekend as we, as we record this coming up across the country in IP. So, um, uh, I think, uh, the next rounds, uh, this weekend we've got rounds at Morgan Park for Queensland IPRA. Um, Victoria running at Phillip Island this weekend. And, um, uh, the Northern Territory running, I think, at Hidden Valley this weekend, um, according to what I was able to look up. Um, we've then got um, a bit of a break to New South Wales and West Australia who are running at the end of October, so 26, 27 October for New South Wales. I think WA are the 26th of October at Barbagallo. Um, and then we've got the Nationals obviously coming up on the 15th and 17th of November. I, I did miss South Australia in there, sorry, 9th of November, so they're the 
it's like the, the the week immediately before nationals, which probably a bit awkward for IPRA yeah. South Australia. But I um, uh, wonder how many people they'll get to that round. But um, yeah, nationals 15th to 17th in Baskerville, which again is probably going to be a bit tough for a lot of drivers to get to. It costs a lot of money to get across the Bass Strait with a race car, um, as a lot of people are discovering. So um, hopefully they get the numbers there. And then Island Magic the following weekend too, um, which I'll be honest, I'm really going to try and get the 323 down there. Um, really? I've, I've been pushing, oh, wow. to, I've be been so pushing to do at least one test day uh, without bending the car and prove that it can hold together. And then I want to take it to Phillip Island for Island Magic because I really want to race there. We'll see though. That's, that's, that's a great event. It's such a good event. Yeah, I know. The car's going to be slow and, and new and probably break down, but, but I just want to get down there. I just yeah. want to get down there and, 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 and be a part of it. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so a lot of good racing coming up this weekend, hopefully. Um, so good luck to the guys in Queensland, Victoria, and Northern Territory. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, uh, um, look, I'd love to have my car ready for the end of October at, at, um, at Eastern Creek. Uh, not sure it's going to happen. Um, uh, we'll see. It's, it's bloody close, but, um, we'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, yeah. and, um, yeah, mate, look, uh, Mick, I just want to say thank you for uh, being a part of this with me. Um, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, look at the next episode, uh, we'll be, um, coming up in the next week or two. We'll be uploading a few episodes all at once. So if you're listening to this, um, uh, um, expect to, uh, be able to listen not only to this one, episode one, but also, probably episode two and three, and we're going to try and talk to some some IP friends um, uh, on those Excellent. episodes. So uh, uh, join us then, and um, thank you, everybody, for your time, and we'll see you next time on the Shiny Side Up podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.